I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Melanie Bajrovic. Melanie went from being a bartender to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. She's a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, two-time international best-selling author, speaker, and educator. First of all, Melanie, let me say thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start. Why don't you just tell us, you know, we started talking a little bit before recording, but you have have an interesting background. Um, I'd love for you to just kind of tell us your story. Tell us where you started, you know, kind of how you got into real estate and and then we'll run from there. Sure. Okay. Well, I come from an immigrant family, Serbian and Bosnian. Once upon a time, it was Yugoslavia. And so they came here. Um, my mother was 10. My father was 20. They met here in Toronto, got married, had us. And within two years, they um, opened up uh, their first little pub. And so I started to work at the age of 12. So it's kind of like slave labor, but if you come from an immigrant family, you totally get it. Um, so I had been working, yeah, I worked in the kitchen, obviously not out front. I wasn't allowed to serve booze yet, but I worked there until they bought um, another restaurant that was a lot bigger and more food and drinks as opposed to just being a pub. And I worked for them for about 15 years. Uh, I worked all through school, my undergrad and through my MBA. I bartended, managed, did everything with them for, like I said, all that time. I also worked in Toronto on weekends uh, at a a bar in Yorkville. Those of you in Canada will know where that is. And uh, it was phenomenal money. And my mother actually, once they started paying me, by the way, they didn't start paying me until (laughs) I was like 16. So um, once they started paying me, my mother kept all of my wages aside. Um, to sort of save for me. And I also saved a portion of my tips uh, here and while I was working in Toronto. And it was roughly, uh, I was 22 years old and I decided, okay, I've got this money. My grandfather, he was the first one to come here. He was like the pioneer who came from Serbia and his words were always in my head. You know, like we're going to this country. It's a capitalist country. It was like communism back in his day, right? He's like, and the two things you need to have in this country is business and real estate, period, end of story. So my whole life, I'm grown up with that concept in my head. So when I was 22 and I had the money with all the wages set aside and the tips set aside, that's when I bought my first house. I was 22 years old, best decision ever and best investment ever still to this day. Um, and from that, I kind of did it the slow and steady route. Some other real estate investors would disagree with how I did what I did, but I just kept working, 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 saving, saving, saving. Then I bought another one and I did the same thing. Work, 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 saved it, bought another one. And then I started 
learning about refinancing. Ooh, my God, I got all this equity in these houses I can buy without having any cash on me, you know? So I started, um, I, I did a couple of refinances in order to get into more properties. And since then, I've also uh, purchased an Airbnb and it's an interesting story. We can get to that an hour later. <laughs> I didn't plan on it being an Airbnb. I just really wanted a beach house. I was like, you know, I just love the water. I think it would be awesome to have a house right on the lake. And so I bought that house and lived in it for hmm, just under a year and thought, you know what? I'm just going to like test this thing out. I don't know who, maybe somebody put me onto it, a friend or something about Airbnb or let's call it short-term rental without using that, uh, the platform. But anyway, I tested it out and it was through the roof. It was through the roof. So had to get out of there. It was doing like in the first year, um, you know, $100,000, second year, $150,000. And we're in our third year now. And it's going to be even more than that. So it just blew my mind. I get like, I didn't just kind of like when I bought my first house, my concept in the head was like, I'm buying this for my retirement because I know I'm going to be self-employed my entire life. I'm not banking on any pension, not banking on the government, giving me my 600 bucks a month or whatever it's going to be. So that's why I bought the first one thinking, you know, great, it'll be paid off. And then rent money is just going to be like what I live off of. And with this Airbnb, and it just like, again, really shocked me that it can be so successful. And anyway, it's a massive cash cow. It's incredible. And then I also own, uh, sorry, that's my little dog, Nala. She doesn't bother us too much. Um, She, uh, so, and then I also have two commercial properties, which is like a completely different sandbox from like residential short-term rental. Uh, And anyway, so that's kind of the scoop. I mean, I run a, a few other companies as well, but that is in a nutshell where I started and kind of where I'm at today. That's, that's fantastic. And it, I think, um, and you sort of alluded to this, you said some people might disagree with how you did this in the sense that you did the, you know, saving and purchasing yourself and all that. But the, the reality is that despite what maybe we see on social media and things like that, like what you did is, is probably the more common and, and more, I guess, achievable or, you know, whatever, I don't know, achievable is the right word, accessible, people can do that, right? You can, if you're not trying to be, there's lots of talk about growth and scale and everything like that. But if you're, you, there's always benefit to getting into real estate, right? It, it doesn't. All like, day long in any which way, in every which way. Right, right. There's just so many different ways to do it. So many different asset classes, so many different ways to participate in each asset class, whether you want to be completely passive or you want to own it completely by yourself like you did. It it doesn't matter, but you did it, right? You did you did something and you got started and it and it and then it snowballs, right? If you <laughs> bought a couple, you figured out, hey, wait a minute, I can refinance these and essentially get free money. And now I use that to grow even further. So it's just kind of I think it's an important thing for people to hear and um and it, it, you know, it's, it's probably I'm, I'm, this podcast is guilty of it in the sense that it's like, we, we talk to a lot of people that talk about scale and how this is what you have to do for growth and, and blah, blah. And it's like, but you're, you're scaling as well. You're, it's just, 
a different ways of of you know approaching it and it so it doesn't I, I I think this is a really important episode for people to listen to because and we talked about this that there's nothing wrong with being a bartender or a server or whatever but the only thing that's wrong with it is don't use that as an excuse to not invest and further yourself right exactly. don't don't say I'm just a bartender or I'm just a whatever yeah, like, there's no way I'll be able to get more users. There's no way I can get into real estate. Everybody, right. they're really just scared and they don't know. When you don't have the knowledge, right. it makes you fearful. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 that's exactly it. It's an education issue, probably more than anything, because you're going to be frightened of things that you don't understand and don't know. And so, w- without having that knowledge and someone to you know kind of see, coach you along you know, the way. Yeah, exactly. Like a mentor or something like that. So, so, I mean, really cool. And I, and I'm now just kind of beating a dead horse, but I I do think it's an important point in the sense that there are many, many, many ways to get started in real estate, but just get started. And I, exactly. Those are my words. I get asked all the time. When is the best time to get into real estate? What's the market? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the best time is always now, always, no matter where you are, what's going on. The time is now. Um, but just back to that point you were making, though, about, you know, it's okay to be a server. It's okay to be a bartender. It doesn't matter what your profession is. Janitors have become millionaires, not mm-hmm. by winning the lottery. You know, school teachers have become millionaires and all that kind of stuff. But um, I just wanted to throw in there, though, that, like, a lot of people say they want to be a millionaire. A lot of people say they want to be and have, you know, this whole investment portfolio of, like, 100 homes. They want to have a net worth of $10 million or so dollars but they don't do anything about it. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of talking going on, way more talking than there is action. So that's a problem in our society today, especially I noticed all the time with friends, with acquaintances, with whatever, you know, people just, they talk a lot and guess 99.9% of them do nothing with it. Right. And I was born with you know in a trust fund i didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth i had to you know work since i was 12 years old and like it and even if you were though let's pretend somebody does have uh, a leg up and they were born in a rich family or something else they still have the opportunity to do nothing with that correct right right you know so like yeah. it's it's like it's just how hungry you are really at the end of the day like you, you could have a trust fund but you could just sit on the beach and be with you know, supermodels right. until the day you die and do nothing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and it's, or you bust your ass for it, working in the bar, right. which is non glamorous at all for that right. many years. And there's, I don't know. My friend has said this before. There is a, there is a kind of a, an adage about that where it's essentially wealth lasts. I think it's three generations because you have the, the first generation is the hustler that, that builds the wealth. The second generation kind of, holds the wealth and by the time you get to the third they lose it all because they don't because they're lazy and they don't they don't work anymore so that i mean that it very much happens um and so it's just as important there's a reason for those stereotypes they're true like because they're true they happen yeah it's it's important to it's important in the work ethic and and i mean kudos to your mom setting your wages aside right like the all these things are impactful right and it impact the impactful thing wasn't necessarily that you were a bartender the impactful thing was what you did with the money that you did have what what your mom did that the, yeah. the you know beliefs and the work ethic that they instilled in you all of those things are impactful the actual money 
it's a tool. It's a tool to, you know, sort of get where you want. And it, and it's, I think a lot of people too, you know, that in general don't necessarily understand. This is something that I find is a, is a, maybe a social media issue, but don't understand net worth. Right. So when, yeah, when right. you say that you're a millionaire, when people say I'm a millionaire, it usually doesn't mean they have a pile of a million yeah, dollars yeah. sitting in the corner of their exactly. room. Like that's not, it's not like necessarily a million dollars in liquid cash. I'm sure there are people that have that, but, yeah. but the vast majority of people that are saying, you know, they're a millionaire, a multimillionaire, I've done this in real estate. A lot of that is in the equity of their real estate. It's tied up in equity. It's yep. tied up in your companies, perhaps it's right. tied up, you know, somewhere yeah. else, but you have the millions there if you, you know, sold it right. all. It's even, and, and this even applies to the, to the ultra wealthy, right? Like Elon Musk, I think he is no longer the richest man in the world, but like the, the point is when they say he's a, however many hundred billionaire, he doesn't have hundreds of billions yeah. of dollars sitting there sitting in a pile. It's no. all, it's all based on the stock value of his publicly traded companies and things like that. Like it doesn't. So, and, and with, with, a lot of the real estate investors that we have on on the podcast, it's this is like, oh yeah, they, they have a net worth of however many millions of dollars, but a lot of that is tied up in real estate, which is awesome, right? Because because then it just continues to go up in value over time. Can and, we just like just for the audience sake, maybe let them know how to calculate net worth? Yeah, that'd be great. Right, because like people don't get it. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Uh, Hopefully you know, um, but net worth is your all of your assets minus your liabilities, and mm. that could be your liabilities could be things like your car payments, or student loans, or mortgages, or visa balances, right? And then your assets are things that you actually own, which again could be a vehicle if it's purchased, um, real estate you have you know, cash in the bank, liquid assets, all like RRSPs, all that kind of stuff. So just uh, in case people were, you know, we're talking a lot about net worth, don't know how to yeah. do it. You just take what you have minus yeah. what you owe. There you go. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, the formula itself is simple, mm -hmm. but doing, I think doing the exercise of, of what you just described, I think a lot of people, and I was one of these people, like don't know what that is. They don't like they don't know what they have on each side. They don't really know. It's like okay, we you have, you might know that you have a mortgage, but do you know how much you owe still yeah. on your mortgage? Do you know how much your house is worth in comparison to that? Because that difference is is part of your net worth. Do you know you know the vehicles? Do you, how much do you owe in your car? Is your car paid off? If it's paid off, maybe you do have some value in that vehicle. If it's brand new, you probably owe more than it's worth. Like there's there's different things and you know certainly like credit card debt is only a liability there's no this is what we talk about like good debt yeah. versus bad debt and, and consumer debt credit card debt is of no value to you right if you're carrying a balance and now some people use it to build credit and that's fine if you're paying it back paying it off each month but the the reality is is that you if you're carrying a balance you bought something you couldn't afford on a credit card it's only hurting you there's just no there's no benefit there so just things like going through the net worth calculation i think is actually a really good idea for people to to know and continuously do i, yeah, I always so, recommend to my students and my yeah. clients 
and I have it in my book. If, if you guys at the wealthy barmaid, I have a beautiful sheet there, network statement, how to fill it out, what goes where, uh, and continuously update it as you go. Yep. Because, um, you know, if you're accumulating more and more debt, you can look at the sheet and be like, Oh, right. 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 Or yeah. bought another property or you just gained another asset. And then you can, you know, you can always sort of like, I know my net worth at all times, at all times. Like, yeah. You know, I know every interest rate. I know every amount of uh, like, but that's that's what I do. You know, right? And that yeah, that and and people don't necessarily have to go to that level if they don't want to. But knowing what it is, and and probably most importantly, watching the trends. As you mentioned, like if your net worth's going down, you better figure out why and, and stop that from happening. If that's because you're just taking on too much consumer debt and buying things that you can't afford, then. No, but but you can gamify it. I mean, it, it's like you can reach a point where if you start tracking it, you're like, okay, what what can I do? Yeah, how much can I change it this year or right, like what can I do this quarter, this six months, this year, in five years? What can I do to change this number? And it's the the single most impactful thing I believe is real estate to to your net worth. Business well, businesses probably as yeah. well, but but real estate, it's like you 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 buy a property. And now that goes on to that net worth calculation form. You're you're almost immediately going to see increase in your net worth from buying that piece of real estate. Especially if you buy right, you make right. your money in real estate going in. So right. if you buy a house at a deal or did it before it hit MLS or, or, or the websites or whatever, um, like you make your money going in. So you could have, buy a house and by tomorrow have a hundred thousand dollars net worth. Right. Yeah. You, you may, you, you may buy it and then your appraisal says it's worth however much more it was than what you bought it for, which is great. That's what you want, especially in commercial real estate. There's some, uh, some trickiness to that when it comes to, um, residential real estate, but in commercial real estate, if your appraisal comes in, uh, much higher than the, than your purchase price, then that's just great news. Um, it's just really is great. But anyway, so, so off tangent or off topic a little bit there, but I think this is important stuff. And I, and I know, um, you know, part of your, your message is, is that anyone can do what you did and, but these are the things that you did as part of that journey. So, um, let's, let's swing back around to you and, and tell, so you have, you said four companies, you have real estate, you, how are you, I think it's, you know, interesting for people to understand like how time is managed when you've got that much going on, because people say, oh, you know, I have a job, I can't do anything else. And it's like, the reality is, is, is you have lots of time. It's just how, how you want to use it. Absolutely right. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. I understand some people have jobs, they're working eight hours and they need eight hours sleep, but guess what? There's eight more hours right. there. So there's a lot you can do with your time. I'm a busy bee. I, I'm overly ambitious. I'm a total like go-getter and I can't sit still. I can't, I, I can't even like when, when I try and I travel a lot, um, which is real estate has afforded me, you know, the ability to do that, but I can't just sit there on the beach and do nothing like for not even one day. I have to like consume a book a day and, and I always rent my own car and I'm always out doing stuff that like normal people would not enter certain areas. But anyway, um, so I manage all my own properties. So that's all the long-term buy and holds. 
those are fairly simple. Those don't have issues all the time. I love single family homes detached. That's my favorite strategy. I don't like semis. I don't like multi-units. That's not my favorite because there's always issues. Oh, it's too loud or it smells or they're smoking or they're smoking pot or this or that. There's a million things. There's always complaints, sharing driveways. There's always complaints. So my favorite is single detached homes, one family per home. And that takes up probably the least amount of my time. There's only, you know, once in a while something breaks or the furnace or this or that, or there's a leak uh, and they call. And another huge point I want to bring out though, it, but I'll say this first, no matter what, like I have somebody out there within 30 minutes all the time on any of my properties. If something's going on, someone's out there within 30 minutes, maybe an hour tops if it was, you know, and an that's an exception. What I hate is when people are in real estate and they treat it like a hobby. Because yeah. if you treat real estate like a hobby, trust me, it's going to pay you like a hobby, right? And if you're not good to your tenants, there's so many stories I hear consistently of people saying, oh yeah, we have a leak. I call my landlord. He doesn't even get back to us like for like a month. He doesn't call. We have no, you know, like communication whatsoever. So like they have no choice but to fix their own stuff if they want to stay living there. And so many complaints, you know, like, oh, the landlord won't let this, won't let that, won't like, anyway. So that's a critically important point that I would love for the audience to know if you're already in it or getting into real estate, treat it like a job. It's a salary, it's an income and it, it's a job. So those take up the least amount of my time. The Air, Airbnb probably takes up the most of my time. Uh, however, it's, you know, it's doing $150,000 in cash flow, So it is on the higher end of the stuff that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, but same thing, if, if somebody comes in and like one time it was, oh, the, the there was no more batteries in the TV remote. And it's 55, five, five, 55 minutes away from where I live, uh, my lake house. And I get up and go and I bring them batteries one time, you know, there wasn't enough toilet paper. I get up and go and bring them like you, they have to have, you have to be a great host. They have to have a great experience. It's like a hotel. So when they're calling me with a problem, it's like concierge, I guess, being like, right, here we yeah. go. Like it's that no problem. Um, so that takes up most of my time. And then the two commercial properties, um, this was a question of how to manage my time, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, that again, uh, like I got triple net leases in place. So they pay for everything. If something breaks down, they pay for it. You know, like it's, it's not a lot of time. One of them has four units upstairs to two bedrooms to one bedrooms that takes a little more time. And I notice when you have like smaller units, it's very transitional. It's people like who they just had a divorce or they just broke up with someone or they're in between jobs or move in between moving from here to there, whatever. I don't love that part of it because it's a lot more um, time consuming to, right. to um, vet everybody properly to do the proper tenant screening and, you know, get the checks, get everything going, get the utilities and their names, all that kind of stuff. So it's, that takes a little bit of time. Um, but the, yeah, the most amount of my time real estate wise and everything we've just discussed would be the Airbnb. But now I also have four companies that I, that I run as well. And uh, that's just because I, again, I can't sit still and I have the time, believe it or not, even with the long terms, the Airbnb, the commercial properties, I still have plenty of time 
And so I started a construction business. It's doing phenomenally well. It's been just about a year and a half now. Um, I had created and produced a, this incredible show, the Champagne Showgirls. It's super duper fun. It's a Las Vegas style glitz and glam, um, you know, like dancing and aerial artists. And it's, it's just such a cool, cool, like I'm having so much fun with that project. That's cool. um, and I finally got us a residency in Niagara Falls, which we have a huge tourism industry here, like 40 million tourists we get per year in, in Niagara Falls alone. So that's huge. And, um, and then my education company were, you know, my books, my courses, my online courses, mentoring, coaching. Um, and there you have it. That's so if I can manage all that and I still have time to do hobbies, I love right. artwork. If you see my whole house is covered in this stuff you see kind of around me, um, you know, spending time with family, with my dog, with my husband, like there's plenty of time. So I, when somebody even starts to say like, oh, I don't have enough time. It's like, don't even like, just yeah. don't, don't, not to me anyway, go tell someone else but don't even <laughs> yeah there, there's there's almost always enough time it's it's you gotta it's, make it or you make yeah, it's it. it's just priority it's prioritization of that time because it's you know we have we have young kids i i prioritize time with my kids that is part of what's built into my schedule because it's easy to get caught up in the work and like and you enjoy it like it's so it's, it's what you prioritize. And one of the things uh, I, I just want to point out too, you talked about all of that that you do and you're, you're self-managing all of your real estate, you said, right? Correct. So that's that's great in sense of, of pointing to you can do all of this, but so people understand you don't have to, right? You can, you can choose to hire someone to be your property management thereby freeing up more of your time to put into the companies or so it, you have it, there's always options there's always ways to structure it prioritize it and and make the things that are important to you and, and it's like and, and i might be way off base on this melanie and this but i'm guessing that the the show that you put together probably isn't a uh more it's probably more like a passion project than a I'm going to make a ton of money on this kind of thing when you, when you at least going into it. Now you may make a ton of money on it, but it's, to me, it's kind of uh, uh, seeing your decorations in the background, seeing, I, I feel like you're, you're artistic and is probably something that was just exciting to you. And you've now turned it into something that's going to be successful and, and um, profitable and everything. But, but I think the the point I'm getting at here is that, you, you do all these things and it actually gave you time to put into doing something like that, creating this, this show that's going to have a residency at Niagara Falls. Like, that, like, that's super cool. That's like what people that don't, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, getting to that millionaire status or financial freedom or whatever, it's so you can do the other stuff that you want to do, right? It's like really so you can your time is structured in exactly the way that you want to do it. it, it that's I, my my I sense. Was, I was 27 years old when I became a millionaire. A few years shortly after that, I could have completely retired. I don't have to work 
if I don't want to, but that's not the goal. That's not at all. Like I, you know, that brings me no pleasure to just, oh, I don't know, let's sit at home and watch TV all day, or let's go sit on a beach somewhere, you know, for that's uh no, I do it. You're right. Especially that last project. Cause it's just super fun. And since I was a kid, I was always singing and dancing. I wanted to be a famous actress and a famous singer and a dancer. And, you know, whenever I see JLo or Shakira or somebody up there dancing, it's like, Oh my God, like I need, I need the show and going to Vegas as many times as I've been watching all the shows. It just always like mm, gives me that extra umph. And this time I just said it like, you know what I really want to do? I really want to create a show. And like, boom, made it happen. But thank God that I have business sense, which is really important. Like I ran my own restaurant bar out of one of my commercial properties for over nine years. Um, I've run other companies. Um, you know, like if you don't know what you're doing, it, it might be difficult to make money. But luckily I know everything I need to know on the back end and with my costs and my ticket sales and how much tickets need to be and how much capacity I need to do X, Y, Z and figure all that out. Um, I don't know what to say about, the, about that, but just thank God I have that business sense where I know, okay, this is going to be profitable or not. And luckily this show, even on our first run that we did, we did run 16 shows, sold out all shows. Like just, it is making a killing. I have to admit, um, you know, so that's great, but it could have flopped and it could have failed and, and whatever, but at least you have the courage to try stuff. Right. That's that yeah. I find so important. Um, I don't know, like my husband got me a card when I first started the show and it was just like, that's just super cool. You're right. It's like you have the passion, but then you also have the courage to actually get out there and do it from concept to a full realization, whether that was writing my books, you know, just a, a tiny little seed in my head yeah. to a finished, you know, final product bestseller or, or, you know, all these businesses, luckily, thank God. And then the construction companies doing well, like, I don't know, uh, just, yeah, manage, prioritize your time. I don't know if that was the topic that we were on, but uh, that's, yeah, how, it, that's how you succeed. I don't know, hustle. Right, yeah, it, it's just, it's how, again, it's like this snowball, right? It's, it's you bought the, the first house and the next, you know, and it's just snowballed. And now it's snowballed into all of the success in multiple different areas, but it's it's not without hard work and hustle and sacrifice. Like you, you, I definitely wanted to point this out. Like you, you told a story about your your um, house on the lake. That's this now this super profitable Airbnb that you bought because oh, I want to live by the water. And then you realized, wait a minute, this is going to make me a ton of money. All right, maybe I don't need to live on the water. Maybe I need to use that. <laughs> and I never, I wasn't, it was just, a, it was a second home. I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to live there for forever permanently, but either way. Yeah. Once I see there's a business, like in anything, it's, it's hilarious. You know, where I see there's a business yeah. opportunity to make money on it, I'm all over it and I'm on top of it. Like I right. can't handle working with people who take, you know, two weeks to get back to you or yeah. won't return your calls. You know what I mean? Like I can't work with people like that. That's just not how I roll. I'm like idea. Oh, here we go. Like run with it right away, yeah. right away. Yeah. Put it, put it to action. And I'm, I'm guessing that that's in a way how your construction company became, because, because right now in the, in real estate construction is a, is a pain point for a lot of investors in the sense that it's hard to find contractors. It's hard to find um, supply, like all of that stuff is very challenging. And 
the good contractors, the good construction companies are going to, they're going to kill it right now. Like it's yeah. just, it's, it's a great space to be in if you can run it like a business, like you, like you are able to. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that part out. Make sure that you're running it like a proper business. Um, but yeah, no, people can't find, like we have way too much work. There's, mm -hmm. there's, everybody's backed up. It's, it's a, it's a cash cow yeah. right now. Yeah. Like a, well, even the, like the contractor, even the, the, the not very good contractors, they'll throw huge bids out because someone's going to take it because they can't find someone else. So it, it it's, yes, every, like in times like this, most everybody can make some money in, in construction. However, you running it like a business, running it well, like you, you have shown in, in all your other endeavors is going to not only help you right now, but set you up for the future when perhaps there's not such a mu as much a demand. The people that did it well and built their customer base, they're going to have continued business and success even in the the downtimes for for contractors. If if that ever happens again, who knows? But it's uh it's definitely an area of opportunity right now. I, I've I've thought about it myself. I was like I I should start a construction business like. I need people. I need contractors for my properties. Like I should just start a construction business. And it's, it's, it's definitely an area of need. So it, it makes sense to, to kind of be in, you know, see that opportunity, seize it and, and, and put it into action. Like you said. Well said, exactly. I saw the opportunity. I saw, oh my God, nobody can get a hold of anyone. It's like light bulb. <laughs> right. Yeah, just just be responsive. That's that that puts you right at the top of the list pretty quickly in in uh, in certain fields. So, um, really, I mean, it's just really cool. I, I think your your story is great, um, Melanie. I don't, this is fun to talk about. I don't want to keep you all day. So l let me uh, switch gears to um, where I get to ask you the questions I ask each guest. Um, first one being uh, based on the name of the show, being know your why. So so what is your why? What what uh, what keeps pushing you? Because you're obviously not slowing down. No, I'm not. You're right. Um, for me, it started a long time ago. I mean, I was a, I was a kid and I never, it wasn't fun where, you know, you can't do anything you want to do. You have to ask your parents, your parents say no to everything, you know, things that you want to do. And, and again, I grew up in a very, you know, Balkan, Eastern European family it was strict and all that kind of stuff. So from a really young age, I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of this house. I can't wait to make it on my own. I can't wait to that point where nobody's ever gonna tell me I can have something, I can't have something, I can go somewhere, I can't go somewhere. Not even uh, like a husband or anything. At that point, it was just, it would be my father as the patriarch or you know, man in the family. And so that carried me like that. It was such a strong, and it still is such a strong, I don't know what the word is, um, but like inside of me that I have to not only, I enjoy creating a goal and reaching it. And then I want to create another goal and reach it. I want to see how much am I actually capable of doing in this lifetime that I had this short life that we have here to live. Um, and, but the real, real like gut you know, like feeling is just my why is like, I just, I need to be financially independent. That is with no ands, ifs, or buts. And I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I'm going to go wherever I want. I'm going to travel as much as I want. I'm going to work as much as I want. Call me a workaholic or not. Um, I'm going to do, you know, 
whatever I want to do. That's kind of like, are we allowed to swear on your show? <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say in the past, like, you know, I can't wait to have fuck you money. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have fuck you money, but like, you know, meaning like no one can even like phase right. you because you've got, you know, millions and millions of dollars and you're perfectly fine. But that's, that's the why. I know I, I went off on a tangent there, but it was, it's just, I, I've always wanted to be financially independent on my own, never, ever relying on anyone, not a man, not a father, not a, uh, the government on nobody else but myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally, totally makes sense. <laughs> seems, seems you're well on your way. So you'll, you'll be there. So you'll be there soon. You'll be, you'll have fuck you money soon in, in, yes. in the, the very, very near future. Um, I f this might, might be a hard one because I feel like we've learned a lot about you in a short time, but um, typically the next question I ask people is tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, um, anything that, that uh, you're comfortable sharing um, to let people know you better. Now, what's fun or interesting. I was a competitive gymnast for 15 years. Oh. Um, you know, that, that, I, that helped shape, shape me, I believe because I started, I think I was four or five years old. And um, I became competitive quite quickly. And I was training six days a week, five hours a day for many, many, many years. I had competitions all over the our province, all over the nation and my grandfather was one who took me to all my all my practices and, and all my competitions and I won a lot I had Ukrainian coaches it was it was no joke but like I understood them because we're Eastern European you know but yeah. they're very strict um, but I loved it that I loved gymnastics so much but my parents had to pull me out in like grade eight because I would literally get home from school rush there and my mom would always be late so I always had to do extra laps and extra push-ups and extra everything once I got you know <laughs> practice um and but it was you know then I come home at 9 p.m and crash yeah. so um they pulled me out when I was 18 I was really upsetting but that's something maybe not everybody would know about me um but it teaches you so much like work ethic are you yeah. kidding yeah. me discipline yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, I think all, all kids should be in gymnastics. I would say, yeah, and I would say, um, you know, gymnastics is probably like one of the more um, extreme examples. But I just think a lot of people that I've interviewed and, and met uh, in the space are are former athletes um, of of in some you know some capacity, and it's uh, something that you, as an athlete, you learn the work it takes to have success in the future yep. right it's like you you train 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 you're not training for that day you're not even usually training for that week like no. I, I mean I did I, I did track all through college and it's like you're you're really training for the conference competitions and the national competitions at the end of the season like and it's like same thing any sport like you're you're really you're training for the playoffs yeah you gotta you gotta win some along the way but you're, you're training for those and and so kind of building that foundation and, and the work that goes into it and understanding that sort of um i guess delayed delayed, delayed gratification whatever it is whatever you want to call it but just something that you're training for bigger picture in the future is very applicable to real estate and business in general just that it's it's not a it's not a today 
<laughs> it's not a today victory. It's no. a no. months, years down the road victory that you're you're shooting for. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we would train for not this year's competition, but for when you went into the next level, yeah. you know, the next the, the next team higher up. That's what you were training for, but you wouldn't showcase that stuff until next year, and so on. Exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. as you said it. But it's it's so many so many people that um, you know have, have been on the show like yourself and have that athlete background, like really understand it. It's just like. I just, that's just how life was since I was a kid, right? It's like I work and work and then eventually you get that, you know, that reward and and knowing that at a young age, I think is helpful, um, helpful in, in life in general. It's like a common thread, right? Of why people yeah. are successful if you rounded them all up or we've all read those books, right? Like right. we all have these certain same traits and sports. Yeah, one of them, so. yeah absolutely. Um, when people hear this episode and they want to reach out to you, what, what's the best way to get a hold of you? We'll put whatever you, whatever you want in the show notes. I'm on all the social media. Well, I'm on Facebook, The Wealthy Barmaid. On Instagram, my handle is also The Wealthy Barmaid. Uh, my website is thewealthybarmaid.com. Uh, reach out to me, please. Yeah, on any of those uh, on any of those pages, there's free stuff you can download, and that might help you. And um, yeah, I think that's that's about it. Perfect. Final question for you, Melanie. When when someone hears this and they're thinking okay, and now I'm inspired. I, I want to do what she did. How would you, uh, what, what advice would you give to them for, for getting started? I would say get started today, right now. And by that, I don't mean go out and buy real estate property, but if that means you got to Google some stuff on the internet, pick up a book or two, get yourself a coach or not. One of those, like an action item needs to happen today, mm -hmm. not tomorrow, not next week, today whatever that action move is going to be, uh, I'm okay with as long as it's going to, it's, it's in line to progress you to getting to where I am today, let's say, or to where you want to see yourself, but an action item needs to be taken today. I love that. I love that. That is a, that's also uh, ap applicable to where we are in the year today being January 2nd. So it, yeah, taking action today, starting 2023 with action steps, um, do something every day and, and you will, you will get there. Um, listen, this was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you for sharing your story and, um, kind of all of your insight. I think that people really, I mean, should, should be able to, to take a lot from this in, uh, both motivationally and, and, and um, tactically. So thank you very much. Um, anytime, anytime. I hope it helps. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. And for the listeners, I know you're going to love this episode. Reach out to Melanie and please go ahead and like, rate, and review the show so we can have more great guests like her. All right. Happy New Year. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.